The climate is changing at an accelerating pace. Thousands of residents and tourists have been evacuated from the region. No one country can solve this problem. There's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change, your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pikala. Hello, I am Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pikala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, the show for people around the globe who are thinking deeply about the personal side of climate change, particularly their emotional responses and their feelings. I, Thomas, am a clinical psychologist based in Portland, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S., and Panu is a climate emotions researcher with a background in theology based in Helsinki, Finland, or nearby there, and... Um, you know, in this podcast, we talk about our research and our activities and our personal experiences and our families and ways we cope with we we cope with climate stress and build capacity for hope and happiness and how you can too as as uh, the listener. And um, today, I want to get into the why of this podcast. You know, why this provocative title, "Climate Change and Happiness," and what mm -hmm. is a climate emotion and how are we qualified, Panu and I, to talk about this? And why should people listen? So I'm going to turn it over to Panu to, to chat about this, and we're going to play off this idea. Uh, morning for me and evening for Panu. Panu, how's it going? Thanks for asking, Thomas. In Helsinki, we are at the borderline between summer and autumn while we are recording this ep episode. So there's already yellow and red leaves on trees, but still more green. That's going to mm. change relatively soon and autumn uh, has for a long time been one of my favorite seasons as well practically i like all four of them or or eight of them it's also interesting that various cultures have different numbers they have mm -hmm. given names for for seasons and so on but regarding our subjects climate emotions and climate feelings i think i think autumn is a sort of special time for that also because it's so starkly reminds of that things are changing yeah, so Panu, what, what, tell me, tell me about this. Why, 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 what draws you to this podcast? You know, how does this, how does this help you personally? Why, why do you think this is important for people? Uh, in this podcast, we are exploring climate emotions and feelings from many angles. Of course, we can't escape some facts. Uh, we we are white males in rather privileged positions, but we really try to take an open view towards various experiences that people have in the world and also perhaps some experiences that the modern human world uh, has. So emotions and feelings, they are on one hand a sort of everyday subject Everybody knows roughly what we are talking about. But then actually, when people really start researching emotions and feelings or affect as the one term that's growing in popularity tells it, it's rather complex. And also myself uh, coming from a background in religious studies, studies, theology, interdisciplinary environmental studies, then moving more and more into studies on emotion and anxiety. I've been surprised 
how complex and at the same time fascinating the area of emotion and feeling is. Mm-hmm. And that's of course, that's a richness and it's also a difficulty and com- complexity. And especially when talking about emotions related to such a complex phenomenon as climate change or the climate crisis is. But how, how about you, you, Thomas? Well, what's your sort of starting thoughts about climate emotions and climate feelings? Well, Pano, you know, I, I was really drawn to work with you because of your recent research. You're one of the leaders in the world in terms of researching climate emotions, and you've got this depth of your background in theology and eco-theology. Uh, and, you know, myself, clinical psychologist who was drawn into this climate work, you know, some years ago and have been immersed in it now for, you know, almost 20 years and um people i think need a place to be with climate emotions in a, in a public forum and it is so rare i know i get a chance to do that with people through my personal you know my my clinical work and my counseling and, and therapy uh, and through teaching that i've done and through public groups but it's it's so rare um and, you know, I, I would joke that, you know, this is a show for climate and emotions nerds, you know, like, and I say that in the best way possible because we, you know, you and I are of the handful of people that can, you know, not only spell solastalgia, but also define it and awful, also differentiate it from other kinds of feelings words, right? And that's really fascinating, right? Solastalgia being a, a neologism that coined uh, by Glenn Albrecht in Australia, you know, this, I, this distress about the, the changing environment around us. Um, and so I, I think this is just really important to have a place for people to sit and be with and hear people talk about this, right? And, you know, and to break this down, you know, what's the difference between an emotion and a feeling, for example, or, you know, affect is a, is a jargony word that academics use, but why, why would we use that, that term instead? So these are all things that we can, we can get to, you know, emotions are physical, physical you know manifestations of our living if you 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 cannot be alive and not have emotions all all sentient beings have emotional responses um to the world around them and and the feelings is the language that we develop to talk about our emotions and that's limitless that's there's so many different feelings words and feelings vocabulary and so i think i want to i want to make sure that people come away from our talk with a with an increased feelings vocabulary about their experience of climate change that would be a real great deliverable for for us, and I hope you know listeners are curious about this and starting to think about their own, you know, thoughts and feelings about climate change. You know, so um, Panu, say a little bit about your the most recent. Well, you can talk a bit about. I know you've written a book and finish about climate emotions, and you've got a, you've done some research. So, what are what are some of the the climate emotions that you're talking about in your research and, and what are you observing and then i can i can share a little bit about what i see mm-hmm. yeah i did these two popular science books in finnish first one about eco anxiety and hope the second one about so-called ecological emotions ympäristötunteet for those many of you who know the finnish finnish language and when i did the first one in 2017 i already realized that different feelings of sorrow, sadness and grief are a big part of those experiences when one speaks roughly about eco-anxiety or climate anxiety and also feelings of guilt, 
inadequacy, sometimes bordering on, on shame. Mm-hmm. I did mention many other emotional and feeling words in that book, and especially the varieties of hope, despair, hopelessness, and so on were an important part there. But I also realized that there's so many other uh, shades and tones in emotional experiences, and that led me to do this whole handbook of various ecological emotions and feelings and it was a journey of exploration for myself also and I, I was meeting a lot of people on my lecture tours and leading workshops uh, around Finland mostly some abroad but mostly in, the fin- in, fin- in Finland and as a result of that I learned to appreciate the multicoloredness of people's climate feelings or mm-hmm. climate aff- affect. Yeah, something. What are some what are some juicy climate climate feelings words that you've worked with? And anger uh, is a very important emotion, of course. And one of the challenges when talking about emotion and feeling, including ecological or climate emotion and feeling, is that if only one term is used for a major affective dimension, such as anger or sadness then many things tend to get lost or obscured. And if we think about anger, for example, there's a sort of silent rage that many people are feeling because of Mm. all the injustices and losses related to the climate crisis. Then there's sort of aggressive rage over social media, for example, Mm -hmm. related to the psychosocial difficulty of these issues. But then there's also a good kind of rage I've called that Vimma in Finnish language. Vimma is an old Finnish word. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the novel by Faulkner, Sound and Fury, that was translated with the word Vimma. Yeah. Vimma. So it's a kind of good, good Fury. And, and that's one interesting aspect. And I see, see that, for example, uh, in many young climate activists, for example. So they are really making an effort to be non-violent, but general. There tumors, as the Greeks would say, coming back to the nerd, nerd issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, vimma or positive climate outrage or fury into constructive action. So that's one one dimension that I've been fascinated about. Mm-hmm. But how about you, Thomas? I I bet that you meet a lot of different climate emotions or feelings as part of your therapy work. So what's some that come to your mind? Yeah, well, I really love this, and I will will capture the the theme, this good fury. So you you, what I think is helpful, Panu, is that you've again you're 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 getting more nuanced in in the vocabulary. You know, feelings of vocabulary when it's limited, we have just a few words. It's like a, it's like a, a watercolor paint set, and we only have you know five basic colors. You know, red, orange, black, blue, green, and so our our our, our painting is going to be relatively. In primary colors and simplistic, you know, anger is a primary color kind of emotion. But there's such so many nuances in anger, and you've been able to find value in anger and 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 actually parse that out. So you know, because anger can be very toxic for our our mind and our body, and it's uh, and for our relationships. And anyone who's done environmental work knows that when you get too stuck in anger. It's not good for your work or for your outlook and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you've been able to find this kind of righteous, righteous anger, uh, which is a very healthy and evolutionarily adaptive emotion to feel angry and to and to stand up for yourself. And I do I do think we need to we need we need to hold close to that that kind of 
healthy anger and, and knowing it's very powerful and very hot and very fiery and kind of so it's 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 dangerous in its way so you know my work with um climate feelings comes out of my work in general with my with my clients around all kinds of feelings about their life and i tend to do um both descriptive work with feelings where i help people to kind of name what what they are feeling uh and and the spectrum you know, someone might feel stressed or fatigued, for example, but within stressed or fatigued, just say the word stress, eco stress, climate stress, life stress. Um, you know, I might feel somewhat anxious. I might feel burned out. I might feel cranky, depleted, edgy, exhausted. I'm reading off of my, one of my feelings vocab list mm -hmm. that I use. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm overwhelmed or rattled, um, suspenseful, tense, tight. These are all all pieces of, of, of stress and fatigue and um, some are more um, neutral like weary mm -hmm. to be weary is just to have a busy full day and to be weary at the end of a day whether it's good or bad and it's quite normal and healthy to feel weary if you're living a full life and so it's it's certainly normal to feel weary weary mm -hmm. about climate change and weary about environmental issues and just you know just weary worn out depleted you know our battery is, is is tapped out you know i tend to try to reserve words like burned out or things like that because those that's a more final kind of feeling when a house is burned out you have to basically tear it down and rebuild and so we don't want to get to a place where we're burned out um so i, I we're so we're both working with feelings but we're also trying to find an optimal level and be very nuanced in our language and i try to get people to come at you know, some more what I call neutral or sort of middle ground feelings, like feeling vulnerable, for example, I think is a great mm. word that I like to work with with clients and really sit with our vulnerability because that doesn't imply a, an, a, an ultimate direction. It just means that we're vulnerable. And then uh, once we get to that point, then we have a little more choice. Uh, and then, of course, we can think about feelings that we want to be feeling, you know, mm -hmm. like that good fury or maybe present curious engaged you know you talked in another conversation about togetherness and so there are other feelings that we want to cultivate so for me it's about describing sitting with expanding and then cultivating you know the, the feelings that we want to be feeling and what what are what yeah, you know, what are some um other kind of feelings of you know cultivating kind of feelings that are that are coming up in your research that people might want to feel about climate change Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a very important method in my mind. What you just de mm -hmm. described, mm -hmm. uh, helping pe people reflect about what they are feeling and wh what they see others feeling. Uh, I came across similar methods in a project I was doing with the Finnish Mental Health Society, which is an old organization which promotes sort of proactive mental health skills. So they are trying to avoid any pathologization of mental, mental health issues. And we had shared interests because that's been my focus related to eco-anxiety because fundamentally it's a very rational reaction uh, and it may turn up uh, in, into a problem if it gets too intense, but I really want to stay clear of this pathologizing uh, tendency. And sometimes emotional feeling words are used also for those purposes. For example, if if the, our only word for sadness is, is grief 
and then we see even grief in a sort of medicalized way mm -hmm. that's highly problematic and again seeing the different shades and learning to appreciate emotions and feelings as part of life so what you talked about you know trying to find different tones and sort of acceptance also that we have feelings and they there's fluctuations also and then there's all sorts of things that we can do to work uh, towards the goal where we can sort of surf better with the waves of emotion that's a metaphor coming from miriam greenspan mm -hmm. a, a, a therapist from the east east coast her mm -hmm. book uh, healing through the dark emotions is one of my favorite emotion books actually and this meta metaphor of uh, of having recognized the force of emotion the wave to use the surfing metaphor i know thomas that you're on the west coast mm -hmm. so i thought this might be appropriate mm -hmm. actually some people surf even in finland it's pretty cold mm -hmm. cold cold here but yeah so surfing on the wave you have some control but you don't think that you can control the whole sea either so the, that metaphor has some strength in my mind yeah exactly and we, yeah we do we do uh, go surfing here and we you can surf there's no such thing as bad weather only bad gear so if you have the right <laughs> good enough wetsuit you can surf anywhere uh and um and i love that i love that and i some something that we all you know all of our listeners can sit with for a moment you know we can control we can control our behavior on the wave but we we cannot control the ocean you know we can come into into harmony with the swell and the wind and and we can certainly pick better or worse days to go try to struggle with the breakers in the ocean uh and you know that's what surfers do is they become very wise about timing and they're patient so all that's a such a deep metaphor some years ago, I did. A, I, I was involved with a whole um, uh, seminar at the American Psychological Association and whole, at, the, at the meeting in Hawaii. We did a whole um, workshop on surf, mm. surfing and psychology, and we had several different researchers yeah, okay. talking about surfing. And, and there's a rich literature on surfing about connection with nature and consciousness and, and all of that. But the surf metaphor is helpful in our daily life, uh, exactly. And, um, and, you know, that's another you know, image for, for feelings is we have this curve, this, this despair and empowerment curve. We're going to be up, we're going to be down as we become interested and excited about a project and taking action. We get, we get inspired and we have energy. And then once we realize how complicated the, 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 the project is and how difficult, sometimes we, we get fatigued and we, we lose, lose our, you know, lose our inspiration and even come into a despair uh, place. Anyone who's done a project, Pat and I, we talk about our writing, and I'm I'm in a I'm 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 in a bit of a you know despair place in a in a, in a project I'm trying to finish up. So I feel like I'm on mile 20, 23 of a marathon here, and I just need to just push it out. You know this this chapter on climate change and for a clinical psychology textbook. You know which is great that we're writing about this in a clinical psychology textbook. You know so it's a great project, mm -hmm. but it's also it's tough to pull this stuff together. Um, so surfing the wave, you know, I think this summer, uh, the IPCC six assessment report, the six cycles coming out and we're getting the physical basis report coming out. And, you know, with climate change, we have direct mental health impacts from disasters and storms and problems. And we have indirect as all this washes over our society. And then we have the, the subjective impacts of just bearing and sitting with this, um, this, this 
global problem, this this global hyper object of climate change. Um, and, uh, you know, so we really need feeling skills. That's why we have this podcast. Yeah, so we, yeah. need the, we need some concrete daily feeling skills. Now, the IPCC six cycle, there's nothing particularly, if you follow this, and many of our listeners probably are, are experts on mm -hmm. this, more so than myself, but there's nothing particularly new in the in in, in this, this this sixth cycle. There's nothing particularly new in any of these. They are simply becoming more clear, and there's more consilience in the science about climate. Climate global warming exists. We know that it exists. We know that it's caused by human activities and not just natural activities. We know that it's having impacts, social, humanitarian, economic impacts. Mm -hmm. And now we're having attribution studies where we can actually link a, a storm or a flood to climate change and we can we can kind of tell how much it's been amplified due to you know human-centered climate change so but this research is scary to people and so i think one practical skill is to work on you know working with our fear and you know there's a difference between being, being afraid being anxious being apprehensive being frightened being nervous mm -hmm. you know being panicked paralyzed right and so people have this this kind of this kind of spectrum and you know we try to i try to help people move from that to a place of alertness and presence again and vulnerability and awareness centering breathing all of these kind of therapeutic things that we can talk about in, in upcoming episodes yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know we can have the capacity you know the capacity to sit with looking through an ipcc report and gleaning what what we want to get out of it that is new and notable and, and potentially helpful for us not simply living in fear of this knowledge that we're creating i mean it's unprecedented yeah. the knowledge that we, we know of climate change we don't want to live in fear of it yeah exactly the different shades of fear and anxiety and worry ranging from panic to very constructive worrying which is related to proactive uh, action also so that's another very important to topic and the workshops that i'm i'm leading often together with various various experts many of the people who come there have a long history with environmental issues and then there's some more common features in those kinds of people's experiences, for example, the danger of burning out or be becoming cynical, because if you if you lo love the natural world and know what's going on, there's so many losses around, and it's difficult to make changes, and sometimes it's difficult to reach the good news. Media and communication is not a big big subject here. For some other people, it may be that guilt and shame. Uh, more central emotional is issues and that's made more difficult by different structural things uh, and poli political action or inaction where often the responsibility is left too much for the individuals and causing complications of guilt and shame for example yes but despite people having very different situations and, and feelings and emotions some dynamics are similar like the need for emotion skills that you thomas mentioned and also the desire to be valida validated by safe others in one's emotional experiences validated recognized sometimes even you know held holding in the psychological sense 
or containment to use another term from psychology so that's what i see happening a lot in these workshops also that's even though it might not be a, a very thorough investigation of all the emotional tones but there may just happen enough vali validation and holding so that it becomes beneficial for people and let's hope that this, this podcast at least sometimes could function in in that that way also also for people Yes, indeed, Panu. I, I, I second that emotion there, um, you know, being validated. And I hope, you know, everyone who's listening to us, um, no matter where you happen to be, you know, and I do, you know, Panu and I are separated, you know, around the globe. And, and we do expect people are going to be listening in from, from any place on the planet. Uh, and, you know, I do want people to feel validated. Uh, and, you know, as we get this podcast set up and running climatechangeandhappiness.com. I look forward to hearing from people and to hearing questions and things that people might want us to explore. But I do want to validate, it is just the basic point, you know, as a clinical psychologist, I can tell you that it is totally normal and sane to be concerned about issues like climate change and, mm -hmm. you know, environmental degradation and toxins in the environment and it's very normal to feel sadness and grief around extinction and things like that. These these are these are a sign of, of of health, actually, and a sign of values. So as we talk more, you know, we realize that, you know, we 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 we're in pain or we're hurting because we have values, you know, and mm. you know, we can get into these words and get really strong with them, uh, and really get creative with these climate words, you know. Uh, one thing that Pano and I like to share is different, you know, cultural terms and words, and we have fun. Mm -hmm. We have fun with this, and you know, we can. That's where this title comes from: climate change and happiness. We are. It's a provocative title, I know, but we are playing with the idea of what would it mean to be happy in this world, and can we claim some legitimate happiness? Uh, and and how new is this anyway? Um, we talk about, you know, one of the words I love is the. Portuguese word of saudade, you know, saudade. Mm, and we've talked mm. about Weltschmerz, Weltschmerz, you know, in German, you know, saudade, you know, that, that sort of longing, that kind of delicious longing for something from the past, very sensual kind of feeling of longing and missing something. Uh, how do we differentiate words like, you know, saudade or, or Weltschmerz, which is, you know, world weariness and world pain? You know, how do we differentiate some of these words that we've known and live with for for years, these are parts of the human experience. So how does that relate to climate change, for example? We have neologisms mm, yeah, like exactly. solastalgia, which is a very kind of painful word. It really describes a pain and a loss and almost a ripping away. You know, um, of course, the, the term comes from Australia, where this massive coal mining projects have been tearing up the environment, uh, and people are seeing their 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 places, you know, you know, landscapes destroyed. So that's a very that's a very painful kind of emotion. It's a, it's, it's a victimized kind of feeling. But how do we claim this and move past victimhood to to more of a, a fully feeling self? Yeah. And I know, Pano, you have great you know Finnish words that, that come in play here. Yeah, yeah. One one example of that is haikeus, which is sort of real realizing that you will miss this when it's gone and also realizing that the process is ongoing that's sort of related to many existential themes deep down haikeus and then we also have a combination suloisen haikea 
which means it's not exactly bittersweet, but almost. So it's it's sweet and haikea at the same same time. And that's one of the mixed feelings that climate crisis brings us. And also one sign of, of, of health and one sign that the process has gone a bit forward. There's always many factors affecting these emotional processes and it's not just up to the individual, but luckily the individual also can do, can do a lot in many cases. And we know that people's circumstances are very different, different here. But so if one can also feel happiness or even bittersweetness in addition to sadness and solastalgia and all the, all the trouble, uh, that, that's all already something and testifies to the human ability for meaning making, even even though the times may be, may be very rough, as they have been in human history many, many times. Indeed. So I hope this gives people a taste of what we're coming after in Climate Change and Happiness podcast. You know, again, so this is a show for people around the globe who are thinking deeply about the personal side of climate change, including their, their, their climate feelings. And I, I think we were able to get into a bit of the why of this podcast and why we would title it Climate Change and Happiness difference between climate emotions and climate feelings emotions are in your body you, you you all have them not everybody has feelings though until you grow them and and, and, and explore them so we're going to explore them in this podcast and and we've got a lot to share and i think it's a great um resource for people so uh panu i'm going to start my day here it's actually labor day in the u.s so it's a holiday uh, uh, a national holiday and there's some beautiful weather here in the Pacific Northwest and uh, I'm going to spend some time with my daughter and I'm going to spend some time on my writing today uh, and my life and um, you've got an evening and some children that will be coming up to, to see you soon yeah that's true and uh, in our house on Monday there's the public sauna also ah. for house inhabitants so that's uh, that's up on my list after the boy, boys go to bed I, i'll go to the sauna and talk with the old old, old guys who regularly come come there so. that sounds very civilized Pani, and very finished and i and i would love to be there with you um so you have a great evening and i look forward to more of these conversations in the future take care likewise thomas and thanks for all listeners take care everyone mm-hmm.